Have you noticed a growing rejection of Christianity? Think about this. How strange. Look at all the good Christianity has done around the world, and yet it's suffering great persecution. Why? Well, stay with me. I'll be right back. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah, who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susak. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susak. When I was converted to Christ, I was in my mid-teens, and uh, my parents had forced me to go to a YFC, Youth for Christ Convention, and there I found the Lord, met the Lord. That was in June. I had all summer to be alone with myself and reading the Bible and thinking and praying, and that fall when I went back to school, I was really nervous because I had been running with a rough crowd, a very rough group of people. And uh, first day back to school, the teacher had us all gather around his desk, about 35 of us, and he was going through the each one saying, what did you do this summer? And this person took this vacation, that person built that. And then he got to me and said, Susak, what did you do this summer? And I thought, this is my opportunity. <laughs> my hands began to sweat. I was nervous. And I said, this summer, I became a Christian. Total silence for about five seconds. And then they burst into laughter. And, and, you know, we all feel the need for acceptance and approval. And now all my friends were laughing hilariously. And I almost said, hey, guys, I'm just kidding. But the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will with that temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And to my amazement, a little guy named Richard, I won't give you his last name, but Richard came up and stood right beside me, and he turned, and he waved his finger and said, Shut up! Place got quiet. He said, You guys need what Ron has as much as I do, so don't stand there laughing like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> well, that was an encouragement, and from that day on, for two years in high school, I faced the mockery every day. Why would that be? Why would, if someone is dealing with God, why does the world turn on it with such mockery and sometimes savagery. Well, the book of Hebrews has a very interesting phrase I want to talk to you about today. As we're calling this program, this world is not my home. This world is not my home. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12 reads this way. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate. Now, come back to me for just a moment. Outside the gate. Reject refuge. Just 
Keep him out of the mainstream of life. Get rid of him. Let's go back to the scripture. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Pause there. Think about that. Jesus Christ, man of sorrows, outcast from humanity, outcast from his own people. And here he is outside the camp, alone. And now as we become followers of his, we read these words, let's go to him outside the camp. We're not going to be accepted in the mainstream of civilization. Because there is a rejection of God. We'll come to that in just a moment. But you have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. Are we going to worry about the acceptance and approval of this world, or do we want the acceptance and approval of God? That's the choice we have to make. Peter said it this way, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. That's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. James, the brother of Jesus, put it this way, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Think about this. What I experienced in high school, what you may be experiencing right now, nothing new. It's been true down through the centuries prior to Christ. The prophets were beaten. We'll come to that in a moment. But from Jesus onward to this day, Jesus was outside the camp. He was not popular inside the camp. They hated him. And crowds followed him as long as they were getting free food and kind of some exciting thrills of seeing people healed. Healed, But when came time for them to decide to, to abandon everything to follow him, no way. They dispersed. They went their way. The rejection of Jesus is not new. And John wrote about it in 1 John chapter 1. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now watch these words. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Pause there. He was outside the camp. Even the Jewish rulers rejected the idea that he was the Son of God. And many of the Jews rejected him. Now, many became believers, particularly on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 became believers. But even some 60, 70 years later, many of them began to disperse because of persecution. Listen, please let this really burrow deeply into your mind. If you are concerned about the acceptance of this world and approval of this world, and you're not willing to even pay with perhaps the cost of your job, then don't plan to be with Jesus in the camp of the coming city of God. Because those who follow Jesus, as the writer of Hebrews said, you people are running away from Jesus. You're getting out of here because you want the acceptance of this world. No, let us go outside the camp with him and worship him. Oh, the persecution of biblical history is something to be studied. The prophets were beaten, imprisoned, and even martyred. These are the men who are bringing the words of God to this world, telling them what the future of the world will be like, and they are beaten, imprisoned. Jeremiah down in the bottom of a mud pit. They were going to leave him there to die and rot. David was hated by many nations. He even said, if it was a foreigner, but my own family, my own family is speaking against me. You remember his son Absalom, who wanted to murder his dad to gain the throne from his dad. Noah was mocked for a hundred and twenty years as he was building an ark in obedience to God, mocked for a hundred and twenty years. His family had to undergo that. Jeremiah, as I mentioned earlier, was very despised because when he spoke the truth, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to imprison him. Get rid of him. That's the way it is with Jesus. He was the light of the world. He came into the world, and the world knew him not and didn't want to know him because we became the followers of ourselves. When we sinned, Satan said, you will be as God. And the lie was, no, actually in the sin, we became the opposite of God because God is selfless and giving, and we are self-seeking and, and demanding. The early church met in the catacombs. Why? Because of people who wanted to kill them. They would create lies about the Christians and blame things. By, oh, by the way, is this new? You've witnessed this in our last election here in America. You witnessed it happening around, around the world. People will do things that are evil and then blame it on someone else. Well. Christians don't fight with a sword other than the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of truth. They're not whacking off heads. They're not forcing anyone to become believers. So they're an easy target, a soft target. 
So political people around the world are able to do their things that are evil and then blame the consequences on Christians. Well, for us to pay those consequences, we're going outside the camp saying, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. Jesus, I will come outside the camp to be your servant, your son, your child. I'll walk with you in the rejection of this world. I'll stay with you. My friend, we need your help. This is our program together, yours and mine. I'm doing all that I can, and my team is doing all that they can to bring to you the sound teaching of God's Word and the pure and simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to do all that we can to help and assist you in reaching other people with the gospel. To do that, we need you to stand with us in prayer and in financial support. And I'm asking you to give generously as we come to the end of this year. Write to me at Ron Susek, Post Office Box 3007, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, 17325. And I want to thank you in advance for standing with me. Now back to our message. Persecution today. Think about it. Here are some statistics from 2021 by an organiza organization called Open Doors. In the past year, 2021, over 360 million Christians live in places where they experience high levels of persecution and discrimination. 5,898 reported martyrs. 5,110 churches and buildings attacked, exploded, destroyed, burned, ransacked. 4,765 believers detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned. <laughs> My friend, they're outside the camp. In a book that I wrote some years ago about Ernst Fata, he knew of a missionary who was imprisoned for a number of years, and then when they came for his release, they imprisoned him for 17 more years. Ernst Fata met him when he was out of prison and said, How did you handle that? And this man smiled gently and said, Jesus thought it best for me to be imprisoned. And he stayed imprisoned with a sweetheart no bitterness. He was walking outside the camp, worshiping Jesus, who lived his life outside the camp. And here are, by the way, reasons for persecution. Number one, authoritarian governments who view Christianity as a threat to power. What a sick notion. Yes, Christianity preaches morals and ethics of heaven, and yes, this world hates those morals and ethics, and so they take us as a threat, and they invent ways to persecute. Number two, suspicion of anything outside the majority, cultural faith. So since most of our people in this land believe this 
You're the minority. We persecute you. Get rid of you. Three, extremist groups who want to destroy Christianity. You know about the group in Africa that that uh, captured 300 Christian girls from a school and and on and on go the stories around the world of Christians being captured and on the border of Kenya, uh, a bus was stopped and they went through the bus saying Islamic or Christian. If they said they were Christian, they were killed on the spot. My friend, this is our world. Our world fell into sin, and in sin we expel God, or we try to reshape him to the way we want him to be. And those who accept God for who he is and walk with God, they're going to walk outside the camp with Jesus, his son. Number four, official and cultural domination of a single religion. Our religion dominates, therefore, yours is to be cast out. And finally, number five, Religious freedom is a disrespected human right. Think about that. You can't have religious freedom. You must believe what we believe, or we imprison you. We don't give you fair justice in the courts. We steal your property. We'll even kill you. We'll rape your daughter, sell her into sex slavery. This goes on constantly. Nothing new. It's been going on for 6,000 years. And when Jesus came to this world, he came for those who are ready to step out of this world at all costs to go out of the camp to worship and follow him outside the camp. America's rejection of Jesus Christ. God was tossed out of our schools. I mean ruthlessly. When I was a boy, I remember every, every morning, our English teacher would read a scripture and have a prayer at the beginning of the day. She would be cast out of her job in a nanosecond if she tried that today. Of course, she's with the Lord today, but that's forbidden. And we don't think we're evil. We wonder why our educational system is degenerating. Why are colleges that were once universities, once raised up to train Christian ministers, are now teaching unbelievable soup to the brain that is destroying the very moral and ethical fiber and rationale of our country? We've disfigured sexual identity until it's a, a, a mockery. We call conviction bigotry. Scientists will lose their jobs for rejecting evolution. Think about that. We call it the theory of evolution, then teach it as a fact, and if you don't buy it as a fact, you're out of here. There are no absolutes other than the so-called absolute non-believers want to propagate. Well, my friend, I got a news for you. You can play the game. But there is a tremendous mass of people who have gone outside the camp to follow Jesus, who is absolute truth. Number four, if you hold high moral convictions and standards, you are labeled everything from racist to bigot. They'll put any label on you to make you look cheap and stupid. 
Ah, my friend, listen. Let her run off your back. Not news, gone on since Adam's fall. And this world has no place for truth. But I want you to know that when Jesus Christ returns, a sword will come out of his mouth, which is the sword of truth, and he's going to speak truth. He's going to reveal every lie. That's called the apocalypse. When light is shown on every deception and every hidden corner, and my friend, this world will not win. You will. Jesus is coming very soon. There's a lot of evidence of that. The first time he came, he meekly rode a donkey in humility into Jerusalem. Next time he comes, he's riding a mighty white steed as the judge of all things. And my friend, those who walked with him outside the camp, those who were willing to bypass the acceptance and the praise of this sin-sick, distorted, demented world, even at the loss of jobs, even at the loss of property, perhaps even life. They walk with Jesus outside the camp. Oh, my friend, my friend, the martyrs are going to be called out from under the altar, and they're going to be honored with a reward beyond our imagination. Those who walk faithful with Jesus through this life, as dark and discouraging as it is, you will rule with him in his soon coming kingdom. So be encouraged. That's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say to these defeated Christians who are walking away from the faith, walking away because they had gone through decades of serious persecution. Ah, my friend, the church of all time has gone through 6,000 years of, six, of serious persecution. and. It may get tougher. I had someone say to me just this day before doing this telecast, it scares me. Let it not scare you. We stand in the victory of the resurrected Christ. We stand in his power and in his authority. And we are not free to take over this world at this point. That is not for us now. We are here winning people to him. We are here preaching the gospel, the good news that there's a salvation. There's a way out of hell and into heaven. There's a way out of this world and into the kingdom of God. That's good news. That's our message. But my friend, when that kingdom comes, all the liars, all the immoral, all of the God-haters, as much as they will be spitting and cursing God, were told twice in the book of Revelation. They will also stand before him at the great white throne judgment. The books will be opened. They'll be given their opportunity. But their names will not be there. And they will hear the words, Depart from me. You that worked iniquity, I never knew you. Right now is your opportunity to know him. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. This is the accepted time. It's now or never. 
Take your final breath. It's never. It's over. Ah, but my friend, if you're saying, Ron, this scares me. Well, good. If it scares you in the right direction. Ah, but my friend, let that fear drive you to the cross and say, God, I want you. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to know you. I want to give you a prayer right now, just in case you're saying, Ron, waste no more time. I'm ready right now to go outside the camp and follow Jesus. I want to be his. Let's pray this together. Dear God, on the basis that Jesus died for me, I'm trusting your forgiveness for all my sins. I'm asking you for the power to live committed to you, obedient to your will from now until I meet you in heaven. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made that decision today, I'd like to know about it. Drop me a note, Ron Susak, Box 3007, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, 17364. Let me know about your decision. I want to be praying for you, my staff, my team. We want to be praying for you and, and standing with you because you may come up against some real rejection by family, by friends. We want to be standing with you in prayer. My friend, I hope that you are enjoying these telecasts. I hope they're special to you. And I hope that you want to partner with us because we do need people who will stand with us in prayer and in finances. We need your help. And if you will send a gift of $50, I want to send you a thank you gift in Canada or America. Not only will you get a tax-exempt receipt in Canada and in America, but I want to send you a copy of this book for Christmas called Silent Night, Holy War. I wrote this a number of years ago, and I'm going to tell you, don't let the, the title intimidate you. It's a powerful title, Silent Night. We sing that song. But on that night, one of the greatest wars between heaven and hell took place. If you were the devil, you'd want to try to stop Jesus as an infant, wouldn't you? <laughs> Get this book. It's going to give you an insight into Christmas that's going to transform your experience this year. I've had people tell me that they read it every year, again to their family. So, gift of $50, I'm going to send you this book, but also an album by my wife singing Christmas songs. Uh, you're going to love it. So. Drop me a note immediately. Let me know you're standing with us. We'll need your name and address, of course, to be able to ship the book and the album to you. But I hope that you will be stirred to say, Ron, I'm with you. I want this straight on eye to eye teaching. No fooling around. We are facing life and death in eternity. Let's get real. My friend, God bless you. And keep in mind, his name is Emmanuel, which means. God is with you. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Now, as a way of saying thank you for standing with us in our ministry, we'd like to send you a copy of Diane's Sacred Album and Dr. Ron's book, Silent Night, Holy War, when you partner with us by way of a gift of $50. Well, thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our faith walk.